Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oklahoma City back in the win column by way of 127-103 victory over the Washington Wizards. It was everything Oklahoma needed to see after a, I guess, lackluster is the best way you can describe Friday's performance against Memphis. Um, lots of things going good for Oklahoma City going their way in this game. The Thunder currently sitting in the number five seed, and if the playoffs were to start right now, they'd face um, the Houston Rockets in the first round. And so that's something that you want to look at. And, um, and my daughter's sneaking into the room as we start recording this, Zach. Let's, um, let's jump in here and talk about the Memphis game. Let, let's start there, and then, and then we'll move on. You share your thoughts um, on Friday's loss. And just it's one of those games where if it could go wrong for Oklahoma City, it absolutely did on Friday. So share, you're, you're the big Thunder guy. You know, I, I've got some thoughts, but I, but my thoughts are, are from a different perspective. I want to know what you think about that game, and then we'll jump into this Washington win. Well, yeah, I had uh, several people texting me after the fact, like, what happened? I mean, what? It, Thunder comes out, they get an 18-point lead with just a couple minutes left in the first quarter, and there's part of me that's thinking, all right, this is going to be a nice and easy one, wrap up, uh, wrap, wrap this one up, and then I can enjoy the rest of my Friday evening. And at the same time, you just know um, that, that that's not always the case in the NBA. There's, the, I, I believe it was yesterday. Uh, there's another 18 point comeback. I'm, it's, mm. it's, I can't remember even who it was. I just, I just saw it right, right before we jumped on here to record. But comebacks happen, especially whenever you get up early. I, I'm, I've said this several times in the past week. I would much rather build a lead throughout the game and have a solid lead towards the end, so uh, your starters can get some rest rather than get the the big lead early because mm -hmm. the thing is whatever works early you tend to want to stick to that and for the thunder they were hitting threes early started off seven of 11 from downtown and that's that's well, that's fantastic especially when they're coming off a I believe it was I can't remember what it was they shot against the Lakers it was like five of 24 or something right, like that right. it was it was awful so when they come out and they're, they're shooting well and uh everything's falling it's one of those things where in their minds oh well, we can't miss so let's just throw shots up well they kept throwing shots up, but they weren't going in. So that, that definitely was not the case. And the reason they were resorting to shooting so much was you, you're missing Steven Adams. Uh, he, he took a hard fall on uh, last Wednesday against the Lakers. So missing him, the Grizzlies, they go on to outscore the Thunder 56 to 36 in the paint. And to me, that was kind of the, the tale of the, of the rest of the game. Uh, shots quit falling for Oklahoma City. They they weren't attacking as much, and Memphis just took advantage. Nerlens Noel, he's a quality backup. He proved why, in my opinion, he doesn't deserve to be a starting center uh, for Oklahoma City. Probably really not in a lot of places. He might fit in somewhere uh, small ball style like mm -hmm. Houston as a starter. But for the Thunder, he does a solid job coming off the bench. 
there are plenty of Steven Adams detractors out there that think he should be starting over Adams. Well, this was a, a fine example of why he couldn't do it. Jonas Valanciunas just ate him up, right. particularly early in the third quarter when the game was still tight. Uh, Valanciunas comes in, and that's really where he did most of his damage was in the second half, and Noel just couldn't contain him. So that, that was kind of the, the tail of the tape for me was getting outscored by 20 in the paint, uh, get out-rebounded by 22. Uh, it, if Adams is in there, th- this is very likely a completely different game. Right. But as, as the saying goes, as I've said so much lately, you play with who you got, no excuses. When you go up by 18 points, regardless of how you got there, uh, to let go of that and then get blown out by, what, what was it, almost 30 points, that, that's a ridiculous swing. That's got to be one of the more uh, uh, impressive swings in terms of scoring that the, thun- that the Thunder, really any team in the NBA has seen all season long. So, Do you, do you feel um, like it's just a uh, – because I want to jump in here and ask a quick question about that, that swing there. Because I was on the road this weekend, so I'm listening to Matt Pinto, which is a whole nother rant, but whatever. Um, so I'm listening to the game as I'm driving. Do, do you feel like it's just did, – did they just lost confidence because you got SGA uh, stopping for mid-range and, and step-back threes. You got Chris Paul not shooting well. I mean, is that just a thing where, okay, just – Confidence was lost. You can't go inside against you. You mentioned Valanciunas. You can't go inside. So it's just, they just, I, I kind of feel like you, you have that terrible second quarter and you don't get off to a good start in the third quarter. And then from that point, it's just like, okay, it is what it is. Not our night. We've lost our confidence. Um, can't find our rhythm. So let's regroup. And we know Washington's coming up. And so that's again, I mean, Washington, what are they like? They're, they're behind Charlotte now. And Charlotte's, right. not even, Charlotte's not even in the bubble. So, I mean, if exactly. you're the Hornets, you've gained ground by not playing. So, you know you've got and, – and, again, not having Steven Adams and uh, not having Nerlens Noel, but still it's Washington. And right. so, you just – you kind of just feel like, okay, third quarter, surrender, let's regroup for, for Sunday. Do you feel like some of that was happening? I do think that was probably the case later in the game. Uh, the biggest evidence of that to me was Danilo Gallinari. He only played 19 minutes. Right. And as far as plus minus goes, he was the only Thunder player that ended up in the positive with a plus four. He shot five of 10 from the field. Uh, he, he was the only guy that was really effective, I would say, in the long run. But I so, so I think there was an element of Billy Donovan kind of may, maybe reassessing. Uh, he did leave Shea in there for 34 minutes, and I think that was just to try to get him to get something going. Mm-hmm. He shot like I think it was 3-11 against Los Angeles, and Thunder still get the win. I, you'd love to see it. Well, then he comes in on Friday against Memphis, and he's 3 for 13. Again, that's just one of the worst performances he's had. Uh, probably his worst performance in the bubble by far. Right. He went from just, like, destroying anybody in his path in scrimmages to, well, we talked about this. Dennis Schroeder's gone. Uh, he has to take on more, more of the responsibility with the basketball, and he's really not lived up to the standard for me. He did a lot better job today uh, against Washington, and we can talk about that. But I think he uh, particularly was starting to lose some confidence because he took 13 shots, but eight of those were from downtown, and he only made one of his threes. So, to me, that's just unacceptable. Uh, that that's, that's, uh, reminds me of one of those poor shooting performances that we used to see from Russell Westbrook. Just start throwing up threes and not sticking to what you make your money off of. Right. Russell Westbrook made his money off driving to the basket. Shea Gildas Alexander, he's made his money off being crafty around the rim, whether it's attacking or, you know, driving and dishing, whatever it was. As a team, Thunder only had nine. Uh, what was it 19 assists so obviously they weren't sharing the ball very well and I don't think it was necessarily because anybody was being selfish it was just stuff wasn't falling uh and by 
by, you know, you, you get down big after you've been up big, it's hard to recover from that. That's why I would much rather be the team uh, down early and have the chance to recover than, than to be necessarily – I mean, it's nice to get a big lead early. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But it's dangerous. Right. And it's what happened. They, they fell into a pitfall. You've got a desperate Memphis team, had not won a game in the bubble yet. They're still fighting for the eighth spot. And so that's as desperate as it gets. And so they, they came yeah. out and they did everything right to do what they need to do to win the game. So give them props. Uh, don't want to take anything away from the Grizzlies. But uh, losing this game was, would have been tough. But losing by 29 is just it, – it, it's bad. And it got yeah. bad late. got really bad late because the backups just started doing the same things, putting, throwing up shots. And to me, that's where those guys have a chance to maybe show something. And they didn't, they didn't do much of that. So thankfully, uh, flip the script today. Right. And, and by the way, my, my Clippers started in a pretty good hole yesterday against Portland and, and made a comeback. So I totally get what you're saying as far as <laughs> being down early. You, you, if you're going to be down a lot, you want it to be early. Um, let's, let's jump into Oklahoma's win over Washington. Again, 127 to 103. The Thunder definitely didn't set the world on fire. They didn't blister the nets like we've seen them do in the bubble, but 51.2% from the floor, 46.2% from three, which is really a good percentage from the three-point range, while holding Washington to 41.3 from the floor and just uh, 25% from three-point range. So it's kind of what we've seen from Oklahoma City. I think back specifically to that Utah game where you're shooting well, but you're also defending well. Give me something else other than those statistics. What was the key to winning this game against Washington? Well, the defense wasn't particularly uh, impressive. They, they Early on, they weren't really getting stops necessary, and guys were hitting shots for Washington. So, you, again, you want to give them credit whenever that, that's the case. Uh, thankfully, uh, the defense did ramp up a little bit. You saw – I mean, you always see – Luguin's Dort, he's active. It doesn't matter where he's at. He's all, all over the court. Terrence Ferguson, he made his return from injury uh, on Friday and played just a few minutes at the end. It was, it was pretty, pretty much nothing. But he played 19 minutes today, and he didn't shoot the ball well, one for four from three, one for six overall. But one thing I did notice was his defense, very active hands. He's all over the court. He's flying around. Uh, those are things that aren't going to show up in the box score. But he did a solid job there. So defensively, they, they did okay. Uh, nothing too impressive. Uh, and, and obviously, you shoot well. The offense, the numbers look good. 18 made threes. That ties a season high. Uh, they did that back in January against the Miami Heat. But uh, for, for me, it wasn't just the, the percentages that were solid. It was the way that they got there. The mm -hmm. ball moved very well. Uh, you finished with 25 assists, which is slightly above average for them, uh, which is right around what, really where you want. Uh, Chris Paul had nine of those. Shea had seven of those. And that, those are the numbers I want to see. Those two should always be racking up, not necessarily double digits, but close to double digit assists. And they just did a really good job at moving the ball. Chris Paul continues to impress me. The dude's like almost 50, it seems like. But Easy every now. time he Easy now. <laughs> every time he gets on the basketball court, he just he does something that amazes me. And today he just knows where his team he knows not just where his teammates are, he knows where everybody is on the court at all times. He threw so many behind the back passes, and I've seen him do a lot of this in the bubble. 
and he's not been accurate. I don't know if he was just shaking off some rust or what it was, but today he threw so many behind the back and so many no-look passes, particularly to Mike Mascala, to, to Darius Baisley, guys just camping around, camping out around the three-point line that, you know, maybe it's in transition and he drives a little bit. He knows he's got a trailer and he throws it behind his back or whatever it is to a wide open shooter, knock down three. The, those are the types of plays that the Thunder offense really lives off of because they're not really much of a transition team uh, for the first time in what feels like Thunder franchise history. There's actually a real half court offense where they can set up and run some things. And it's because you have a true point guard in Chris Paul who he just, he's able to run the show. And I think because he's able to do that, even with Schroeder missing, uh, Shea Gillis-Alexander, he can kind of relax a little bit when, when Chris Paul has to, has to step off. And you saw Shea attacking the rim, which is definitely what he needed to do to get something going. And so overall, that they were just off, they were efficient. Uh, only 12 turnovers, that was, that's something that's been a problem. Uh, that They reduced that. They only had 10 on Friday against Memphis, but you don't turn the ball over when you're just throwing up threes and missing them. Right, right. So uh, that's one of those numbers that's not really doesn't tell the whole tale. Uh, today they had they had twelve uh, only twelve turnovers and that's a little bit better depiction of taking care of the ball. They just they did a really good job of those twelve. Uh, I'm looking, and Nader led the team with three. Not too surprising there. He's kind of fallen off a little bit. Uh, he did end up three for six, but he missed all three of his threes, so he struggled a little bit. But really just from top to bottom until you got, got to garbage time there at the end. The second unit started off a little rough on defense, like I said, but offensively they kind of did their thing. And as the game went on, uh, you know, you're missing Steven Adams, missing Nerlens Noel. Uh, overall, they, they did a great job at protecting the paint. Didn't get outscored by too many points. Uh, well, I think Washington was six, plus six down in the paint. Uh, Washington had one more rebound. So you think you're missing your top two centers. You're going to struggle, but Mike Muscala did a great job. Baisley played a little bit at, at that stretch five position for him. And uh, everybody just did a solid job, I felt like, top to bottom. Well, let's talk about the three guys that you have mentioned specifically, starting with Chris Paul, uh, led the team in plus minus at a plus 26, only 13 points, but nine assists. This was to me, and I've been a Chris Paul fan for a long time, back when he was with New Orleans, when they played in Oklahoma City, a lot of Oklahoma City fans were kind of introduced to Chris Paul back then. But um, this was classic Chris Paul. He felt like if he wanted to, he could have scored more. Oh, yeah. But he was the floor general, kind of working his magic in this game. And it was efficient. And just the leadership you saw out of him, knowing that, hey, they don't need me to be a scorer today. They need me to run this offense. And the offense ran through him. I was super impressed with Chris Paul today. Yeah, definitely. He He's the kind of guy that he can, in my opinion, he can score anytime he wants. Mm -hmm. And there, there was one point in the game today where he, he dribbled a little bit and then he just pulled up from three because his defender gave him too much space. And I tweeted uh, something along the lines of, I love it whenever he calls his own number. Mm -hmm. The thing is, he doesn't have to do that. There are games, there, there's clutch time situations where we need him to score if we're going to win the game. And he's answered that call so many times this season. Obviously, we didn't need him to come out and score 20, 30 points to, to beat the Wizards. This was a perfect opportunity, and he recognizes this because he's – in my opinion, he might be the smartest player in the NBA that steps on the court. It's just his mind is incredible. And he recognizes this is an opportunity for a Darius Baisley, a Mike Muscala, those guys to build some confidence in a game that he, he felt good about. I think, I think the guys recognize the Wizards are depleted. They've been right. knocked out of the playoffs now. Who knows what their effort is going to be like. You can, you can let them stick around for a little bit or you can come out and squash them. 
So I'm sure he felt confident that the Thunder was going to be able to win this one. And from the get-go, he comes out and he's he's running some pick and roll with Mike Muscala, looking for him. Uh, he didn't play a ton of ton with Darius Baisley just because of rotations, but he did have plenty of time on the court with them where he's looking for him in those situations. And to me, that's what a leader does. He's not just looking to get his own. He's looking to get everybody involved. And not to a point where it's a fault where you're overpassing or, or like, you know, throwing the ball away because you're trying too hard to get it to your turnovers. Not like a maybe middle of the fourth quarter, Russell Westbrook trying to get that 10th assist for the triple-double situation. You know, I love the guy, but we, we know that can turn into turnovers. So Chris Paul is consistently looking for teammates, and he just, like I said, he knows where everybody is on the court at all times, and it, he was just blowing my mind with some of, some of his passes right on time, right to the open guy, uh, perfect looks, and guys were knocking him down. So it's, it, it's, it's comforting as – you know, one of the better players on the team, the veteran of the team, to trust your younger teammates, and they answer right, the right. call when you do that because it, it builds trust between them. It builds confidence in the young guys, and it, which to me, Darius Baisley scoring 23 points, a career high. To me, that's banking confidence for the future. That's banking confidence right. for the playoffs where a young guy's not played competitive basketball for a year and he comes in as a rookie this season. His, his, uh, his role with the Thunder is varied. He's, he's never seen an NBA playoffs. He's never seen a series like that. He's never seen postseason basketball because he didn't play college. So most he ever had was high school. This is going to be a big moment for him. And it's going to be a little bit different with no fans there, but it's still, you're talking high intensity, a uh, high stakes basketball. When Darius basically gets in, he's not afraid to shoot the ball. And on days like today where he's hitting, that, that's a good thing. It, it can hurt him some days, but today, five of eight from three, I, he answered the call for sure. And Chris Paul just kept leaning on him, kept pushing him to do those things. And that's that player-coach mentality that he has. And, uh, yeah, without him, I, I, there's no way that the Thunder is as, as successful as they have been this season. Yeah, basically 23 points, seven rebounds as well. When I texted you this morning, it was like, hey, no Adams, no Nerlens Noel. Your immediate response was Darius Baisley. And I know you picked yes. him up in FanDuel as well. So 23 points, seven rebounds. Is that more than you expected from Baisley? I mean, tell me, tell me your thoughts. Because I know, I mean, you were think Baisley time, so you're pretty excited about it. Did you get what you wanted or did you get more than you thought you bargained for out of him? I got my meal that I expected out of him, and I got some dessert with it, too, that I wasn't okay. expecting. Uh, I, I was hoping for, you know, you know if, if I had to lay out numbers, I probably would have said something along the lines of 15 points, five rebounds. Uh, he finishes a little bit above that. And to me, this was just a good matchup for him. I, I'm thinking no Adams, no Noel. He's going to see extended minutes because Mike Muscala is the only true mm -hmm. center uh, on the, on the in the, in the lineup, and he's recovering. You know, he's coming back from the concussion. Uh, so I'm thinking Basie's going to get some time playing that stretch five position, and I was hoping for a bit of a blowout so he'd see extended minutes because of that. And it ended up being both of those situations. And thankfully, his shots were just falling. It's wild to me that, you know, he's technically playing that stretch five position, uh, definitely at the four, at the smallest. And he shoots 13 shots, but eight of those are from downtown. And that just kind of shows you, you know, he's not always going to knock them down. Right. But – he has the ability to, and that's the thing. You don't, you don't look at a guy like him, especially as a rookie, you're, you don't expect him to shoot five of eight every single night, but it's the fact that he has the potential to do it. And, you know, he, he was a value play in fantasy basketball today. And uh, thankfully he showed up for me. Uh, we'll see how that turns out by the end of the night, but I just, he, he shoots with confidence. And again, that can be a bad thing, but when he starts hitting, just keep mm -hmm. feeding him. 
And that's what Chris Paul was doing. Uh, there was one possession where Shea was driving hard to the rim. And I just, you know, I've, I'm about to start my third year coaching basketball. So I try to watch more than just the guy that's got the ball. I see Baisley trailing. And I know he's going to be open. So I start shouting in my living room, Bays, Bays, Bays. And I don't know if Shea heard me because by the time I said it the third time, he turns around and he sees Baisley's there. It's a knockdown three. And those are the types of things. Those are just heads up plays from mm -hmm. two young guys. You love to see it. So, right. again, this is he's just banking confidence for moving forward into, into future games, future playoff situations. Mike Muscala, 14 points. Perfect timing to have him back from concussion protocol with Noel and Adams out. Uh, key early Oklahoma Oklahoma City I think was it 10 nothing was the run to start the game you know yes. and, and Muscala big key factor in that um, thoughts on Muscala in his first game back particularly with Adams and Noel out he's a very different player especially from Adams but particularly from Adams and Noel both of those two guys are more defensive centers with some offensive capability obviously we've seen Adams have uh, high point games and he's gotten so much better expanded his game particularly his passing but Mike Muscala is more of a three-point shooter so uh, whenever you game plan for the Thunder you're really game planning for well we're playing against the toughest guy in the NBA well he sits out now you have Mike Muscala and not that he's not tough. He's just a different kind of guy. Mm -hmm. He's going to run more of the pick and pop with Chris Paul. And Chris Paul was able to do that. They, they, uh, Muscala comes up, sets, sets the pick at the, at the top of the key. And uh, instead of rolling, like you would expect from Adams, Chris Paul does his usual thing where he starts to drive, but then he just does a little behind the back, kicks right. it out to Muscala, wide open at the top of the key for the three. And he's one of those guys that, like, for whatever reason, you don't really think you have to guard him at the beginning of a game. It's almost like you're daring him to shoot. Well, that was a mistake. He, he knocks down his first three threes, and it was just kind of smooth sailing from there because all of a sudden, he, when you have a guy that's able to do that, you're, you're five, your center spot, able to knock down threes, it just spreads the floor out, which ultimately I think that's what helps create shots for other guys because you, you don't just have three or four shooters on the court. Sometimes maybe you've got five because Mike Muscala is out there and can knock them down. So it, it – Again, not everything shows up in the box score. He, he did have 14 points, four for eight from three. Uh, but even more so, he opened things up for his teammates. And so that's one of those things where I'm not saying he, he deserves the starting role over Adams. I actually made a joke on Twitter, said something along the lines about how I feel bad for Adams and Noel because Mascal is here to steal the spot. But uh, that's not going to happen. You know, he's probably not going to see more than 10 to 15 minutes in the playoffs. But let's say he comes in and he does play. Uh, he, he had 27 to 28 today. Let's say he does come in for one game in a playoff series. You let him play a few extra minutes. He gets 20 because he's hitting. That's, mm -hmm. that's where playoff series are really won. Those, those, Im, those important games where a role player comes in and does a little extra because – night in and night out, your stars are going to get theirs. They're going to play, you know, playoff basketball. That's where those guys really, really show up. Chris Paul, I don't see him not having, uh, you know, really good game. He's going to have a good game night in and night out, but you need your role players to come in every once in a while. Uh, those, I'm trying to think of like a Sean Livingston type for, for, uh, for the Warriors. He would come in and have a 20-point game, and everybody's like, oh, this guy's so good, and you look at his stats. He averages like five or six points a game in the regular season, mm -hmm. but the fact that Muscala is the type who's capable of coming in and exploding from downtown, you, you need that type, uh, that type of player to go deep in the playoffs, and uh, maybe he does it, maybe he doesn't, but this is proof that he can. He can live up to the challenge. Uh, it was tough for him to step in, not just coming back from the concussion situation, but to step in as a starter, and he did a really solid job. One of the good takeaways from the Memphis game 
what we saw transition into today's game was the fast start. We talked about Oklahoma City being up, you know, 10 nothing early in the game against Washington, had the 18-point lead in the first quarter against Memphis. Now, you saw that transition again to today's game, but once the Wizards began to kind of make some moves at the end of the first quarter, what you saw was Oklahoma City regroup and maintain the lead and just kind of begin to distance themselves even more going into the third quarter and so forth. These fast starts, I mean, clearly you want to see that, but you want to see it more like it was today as opposed to what you saw Friday against Memphis. Now, as you look at Phoenix on Monday, how big of a deal is that to get off to a quick start against the, the Suns, who I believe, I mean, I, I don't think you can even argue this, the hottest team in the bubble right now. No pun intended, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually wrote about them in my recaps, and I, that's exactly what I called them, the hottest team in the bubble. They're the only undefeated team. Uh, they've answered the call late game, crunch time. Devin Booker, you know, he hit that big yeah. shot against the Clippers. Yeah. Uh, so he's he is – to me, this is like the perfect environment for him. They shouldn't be here. They shouldn't be vying for a playoff spot. They should have been done. But it was like, oh, wait a minute. You're going to give us a shot? Well, that's all I need. Mm -hmm. Kind of like uh, Damian Lillard. He was talking about the Blazers. He said, all we needed was a shot. I knew this is what we were going to do. I don't like hearing that type of uh, confidence from him just because, uh, you know, their arrival. But I, I can appreciate it. And I think that's kind of what the Suns have been able to do. As far as getting off to a hot start, I don't think you have to get off to a hot start against a team like that. You just have to – the key isn't getting up by a bunch. It's just every time if you do have the lead and your opponent answers, you need to make sure and mm -hmm. stifle that. Don't let them keep answering. And that was the thing. It was like uh, the Thunder kept pushing up to, you know, 15, 20 points. There was a, a, a time, a short time period where they were pushing to get to a 20-point lead, but Phoenix kept answering. And it was one of those times, well, well, you can let Phoenix go on a little run and next thing you know, the lead could be down to, double, uh, to single digits. Well, the Thunder – Phoenix would answer, the Thunder would answer right back. And that's the thing. It's okay to, uh, when you get up, it, you have a tendency to get comfortable. You take a few shots and it's like, oh, well, we're still up. And before long, you're about to get knocked out and you don't even realize it. It's okay to take a couple shots. You just better answer back with some of your own. So the, the Suns are one of those teams where just because they, they play, it's not quite the uh, the fast-paced offense of, of the the Mike D'Antoni Phoenix Suns days, uh, but but they're still trying to run a, a faster pace offense, and they're they're younger players, and that's just kind of the style that younger guys play. They play that get out and run and score quickly, and and they've got some guys that can shoot. Uh, just it, it's again Devin Booker, he's the star, but the right. Suns still have plenty of those younger role players that anybody could go off at any given moment. And Oklahoma City fans know all about some random guy going off for big buckets. So. Uh, the Thunder knew about T.J. Warren long before the bubble knew about T.J. Warren. Let well, me just say that. Yeah, and let me ask you this. You're talking about random guys. How, how do you feel as an Oklahoma City fan to see Cameron Payne doing what he's doing for the Phoenix Suns? Okay, so this is something that I've continually brought up to Craig because he could – he hated the pick uh, back in – I can't remember what year it was. Uh, he hated the campaign pick. I think it was – I want to say the 2015 draft. Uh, might have been 2014. Uh, he hated the pick. And I kind of liked it just because I liked his story, you know, mm -hmm. coming from Murray State, one of those mid-majors that doesn't get a lot of attention. Uh, he's goofy looking, you know, whatever. I, and it, he and Russell Westbrook, they used to have the, you know, the dance stuff before the games. And that, that was fun for me. Um, Craig didn't like the pick. He didn't, you know, campaign didn't play well. He gets traded off to uh, – uh, did he go straight to Chicago, I think it was? Right. Right. Where he was like a, a G League guy. 
almost exclusively kind of bounced around. Somehow he ends up in Phoenix uh, off of a G League roster. Well, he ends up in uh, Phoenix because of Monty Williams. uh, And it's because of – was it because they needed somebody to fill in for the bubble? Right. Okay. So Monty Williams was in Oklahoma City, I guess. So there's a little bit of connection there. He brings him in, and he's not doing anything crazy. He's just doing enough to, like, stick around and have his name pop up in conversations. And so I've just been antagonizing Craig. Like, hey, campaign had 14 points. He, he had a couple big threes to get the Suns back in the league, you know, that kind of thing. And, I mean, it's working for him. So uh, I, I'm, I'm happy for him uh, from that perspective. Uh, I don't, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth here, but I don't think he's going to go and do anything crazy against us. Uh, if he does, then – uh, I'll probably laugh about it, and Craig will be really upset. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it 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 is. It's just proof that you can't count these guys out. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're professionals for a reason. He's stuck around in the system long enough for a reason. Obviously, he has the potential. He's never necessarily lived up to it. May, a lot of times, it's just a guy getting in the right system under the right coach with the right build around him for them to show up. It's uh, it's kind of like T.J. Warren. Like you know, he's been in the league for I don't know how long now, and he's just one of those names that you hear about him. He's like, oh yeah, he he's a decent guy. Well, he's going off right now for Indiana, and it, it could just be because it's the perfect scenario for him. So, uh, campaign, you know, he's, he's played five games now, averaging 10 points in only 20 minutes. Good for him, coming off the bench, shooting the ball really well. I mean, he's he, he's shooting 50% from the field and from three-point land. So, may, maybe we should be a little bit more worried about him than, than I give him credit for. He's a guy you just can't forget about. He's not going to go off and, and drop 50 on you, uh, knock on wood. But... <laughs> <laughs> but you can't forget about him either. So right. if he if he does start to get hot playing against his former team, maybe maybe give him a little extra notice. And uh, thankfully, the Thunder's backcourt defense is pretty solid. So, uh, well, it will be interesting to play against him after all these years. Yeah, and you got to be happy for for Monty Williams again. Talking about yeah. the, the Oklahoma City connection there, regardless of how this shakes out Monday, you you just got to be happy to see Memphis doing. Uh, excuse me, Phoenix doing what they're doing now. Let's talk about around the NBA, uh, this Oklahoma City game, first game of the slate. So there's two other games going on right now as we're recording this. Uh, Toronto leading uh, the Grizzlies 101-94. to That's just with a minute and some change left in the game. And then San Antonio having their way with New Orleans. New Orleans has been, to me, the biggest disappointment in the bubble because I really expected them to make a push for that eighth seed. Now, here's, here's the thing. The East is set. You got your now. You still have some seeding going on there in the East, but the eight teams are set in the right. East. In the West, you still got that eighth seed up for grabs. Memphis, I don't have any confidence at all. Even though they beat Oklahoma City, I have zero confidence they're going to hang on to that number eight seed. And right behind them, you've got Portland, Phoenix, and San Antonio, all vying for that that number eight. So here, I got two questions for you. Number one. Um, is there, are we going to see an actual playoff for that eight seed? And then number two, who's it going to be? Who's going to end up in that number eight spot? Well, for the eight seed, I believe all it takes is for the ninth spot to be within four games for right. a play-in game, correct? Right. And in order for that ninth spot to get the spot, they have to win two in a row. Whereas the eight, eight speed, eight seed has to win ha- one, right? Only have to win one. So uh, if I can fast forward a little bit here. After us, Phoenix plays Philly. Without Ben Simmons. Without Ben Simmons. That's a good point. And Dallas, who has 
not really played incredible outside of Luca. Yeah, Luca has uh, been amazing, but yeah, no defense. Right. Offensively, they've been incredibly impressive. So I don't know if I'm just on the Phoenix hype train or what, but I really like them right now. Uh, I'll tell you, I really don't like Portland. Not that I don't like them to get the spot. It's that I don't like them because I don't like Portland. Uh, Portland's playing really well right now. Even in the games that they've lost, if I remember correctly, they were really close ones. Uh, they just lost the really close one to Los Angeles, to the Clippers. Right. And so, uh, let me see, what was their first loss? They lost a, by four points to the Celtics. And that was after uh, uh, they were actually down by eight headed into the fourth. So, they played that one pretty close. So, um, I – I don't want to give up on Memphis yet. Uh, I have. I'm just. I have. I'm, I'm done with Memphis. I, I. I like Morant, but this. I don't. Yeah. They're just tanking, man. Well, they're now they're down by nine with under a minute to go to Toronto. So let's say they lose. They're going to lose this one, uh, and they've got a pretty tough last couple games, if I remember correctly. So let's let's go ahead and count them out. Um, I'm seeing Portland and Phoenix. Those are the two teams that I'm looking at making the push. It would be cool to see San Antonio make a push just because of history. Uh, mm-hmm. They've not made the playoffs since I believe Craig was a year old. I think that that was the <laughs> last. Sorry, they've not missed the playoffs. Since right, Craig right. Was a year old. So uh, that which is just insane. That just shows you the, uh, the the quality of the organization that the Spurs are. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe some of the luck there with drafting, drafting Tim Duncan right after you know one year of missing the playoffs, you draft a uh, future, arguably top five, ten player uh, to have ever played the game. So uh, it, it might be kind of cool. So I'm not big on New Orleans. I, I think they were basically given the the easiest hand, and seeing squandered them, not, yeah, they just they just squandered. It's just seeing them not be successful right. has really warmed my heart a little bit. Just because, and here's the thing, I love Zion Williamson. Not just as a player, I think he's a great person. Uh, I've never heard anything but humility come out of his mm. mouth, and I I can just appreciate. You know, he 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 uh, he loves his mom. He 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 loves people. He just he seems genuine and authentic. Uh, and, and I don't think that's something that I think you can probably fake that for a little while. But I mean, we were fooled by a guy wearing number thirty five in Oklahoma City for a while. So well, who knows? We're gonna, I'm going to ask you a question about him in just a second. <laughs> okay, but uh, I I really do love Zion Williamson. What I hate is that because of the way that he's been really overhyped, mm-hmm. and it's only because he's had to miss time because of the injury. It's not because he's not a fantastic player, but he's he's a rookie of the year finalist for crying out loud, and he's not even played that much. Right. To me, that's just that has developed uh, a, a sort of dissension. Uh, for me and the Pelicans, like I, I, I don't want them to be successful because I don't feel like they've earned it. Uh, if they do make it, you know, cool. Then let's say that everybody gets the Lakers Pelicans uh, first round matchup that they want. That, that w- that'll be like a three Oh sweep. The fourth game won't even matter. Cause you know, it'll be such a big win for the mm-hmm. Lakers. It, it just won't matter. So ultimately, I mean, Phoenix and Portland, those are the two teams that I anticipate really, if there's a play-in series, I would pick them. Uh, and I want to see Phoenix make it just because it's a cool story and because yeah, I love yeah, I love sure. Monty Williams. Yeah. I loved him when he was when he was down in New Orleans, even though I didn't care about uh, the Hornets slash Pelicans. Uh, I loved him when he was there. And obviously, when we picked him up as an assistant coach, I was just like, you got to be kidding me. We're, we're stacked. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, the tragedy with his wife. I'm um, mm-hmm. just seeing the way that he walked that out uh, and just handled it with just a, a, a godly level of maturity, really. Right. Um, 
it was just cool to see him and then to come back uh, coaching in Phoenix and, you know, maybe they've not had the, the quality uh, quick swing into success like they expected, but to see what they're doing in the bubble right now, um, it's just cool. And so I would, for nothing more than I love my boy Monty Williams, I would love to see Phoenix make that, make it into the eighth spot for the playoffs. All right, so two quick things I want to get your opinion on before we close off. And um, now this, these are off script uh, because I, I wanted to get your true initial right. thoughts on it, all right? So we talked about the East. Uh, the East, the eight teams are, are there. Now, there, again, there's still some seeding games going on in place. But one of those eight teams is the Brooklyn Nets. They're currently number seven. Kevin Durant gets a $1 million playoff bonus even though he didn't play a second for Brooklyn. And then yeah. I don't know if you saw this, but Kevin Durant picked the Milwaukee Bucks to win the East, even though his own team is now the number seven seed going into the playoffs. Give me some thoughts. Kevin Durant making a million dollars on a team that he hasn't contributed to and then picking somebody else to win the playoffs. Well, the lack of loyalty there is just mind boggling. You'd never expect that out of him, right? <laughs> uh, I just I, – I, okay, so I heard about the one million uh, playoff bonus, and as soon as I saw that, I was just I'm, – I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try to step into any uh, political sphere here. But in my mind, that's like when people are making money off the pandemic when they mm -hmm. haven't really done – I mean, you see – I understand there are people in real need. I'm not even going to touch on that, but whenever I hear stories about people are making more money being unemployed right. than they would be if they were at work, uh, I'm a teacher at a small private school, not making a lot of money. I didn't get a raise this year, uh, and I and I understand the way things work. I get it. Uh, and point being is, when somebody makes a lot of money, when they make any money when they don't deserve it, it can be frustrating. When somebody makes an outrageous amount of money when he obviously doesn't deserve it, because I. I, and, and I don't know what his workout routine is, what his rehab routine is, whatever. Uh, from what I gather, he could have come back probably for the bubble. Uh, I think he saw the situation and thought it was hopeless and didn't want it because everybody knows he's not about the challenge anymore. Mm -hmm. Okay. He wants the easy road. That's why he went to Golden State. And that's fine. Uh, as far as what he does after the season, you know, that's, I, I don't think the Nets are going to be good because I, I believe in chemistry over stacking, stacking the deck. And I think they've tried to stack the deck with two of the weirdest guys in the NBA uh, in <laughs> Kevin Durant and Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, quality basketball players, terrible teammates in my opinion. So as All far right. as that goes, uh, him picking the Bucks. I mean, I don't blame him for picking them. Uh, I do blame him for actually saying that. Right. Like, exactly. Can't, it's, it's, you it's, can't. Right. That's like being like, for example, I'm a huge Miami Dolphins fan. Okay. Everybody knows, and now it's going to be different this year because Tom Brady's gone, but right. everybody knows New England's winning the East. But can you imagine, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick coming out? I'm the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, but New England's going to win the East. I mean, yeah. you just don't say that against your own team. Not a chance. It's, uh, here's the thing. I don't know if he's like stuck in this. I'm not a basketball player right now. I'm an analyst. If he's gone full Kendrick Perkins or what, but uh, listen, Perk is getting paid to be crazy. That's his thing. And I well, love it. Uh, even well, when I don't agree with them, I love it. To be fair, but, KD is getting paid to do nothing. So I mean, yeah, that's even better. That's, yeah. Okay. So maybe that's why he, I, I don't know if he's trying to like, I, I don't, I, he, he's not, he's not doing anything. I don't know why he would just to, I think that's the biggest slap in the face is the fact that you're, you're clearly, you haven't done anything to earn this extra money. 
and you haven't done anything at all. I would all. love like, to know what that locker room's going to – just the vibe of that locker room come November. He'll probably just – get Twitter fingers about it would be my guess. I don't, I don't know if he actually says anything in, in person face to face to people, because I don't know if he has the, the cojones to do so, but I just, I, I, yeah, I'm with you. That that's to me, that's just poisoning uh, the atmosphere. And he's already kind of bringing that in to begin with, in my opinion, because that's just his personality. So this, it, I, if I'm, if I'm playing for Brooklyn, I'm frustrated, but of course, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving, those are the two guys that, that the Nets probably actually care about, and everybody else is just kind of like, we'll see if you end up with us, which is sad because the Nets, the fact that they made the playoffs is impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're missing your two superstars, uh, they, they've got an impressive squad. They've got guys that can hoop. And so yeah. it's disappointing when you see those guys stuck in a toxic atmosphere, if you want to call it that, which I don't think Brooklyn's franchise is toxic. I think the team is going to become that way uh, the more that those two particularly get involved so it's right, sad well, but that what, what, do you, what do you expect out of him i guess right is- right all right one more one more quick thing uh and this is two enemies of the state uh, so to speak when you talk about the thunder nation so uh yesterday portland clippers uh damian lillard you've already talked about him has a chance to put portland up he misses the first free throw has a chance to tie it misses the second free throw in the final seconds of the game Pat Beverly from the bench, not even playing in the game, but Pat Beverly mocking him with yes. the game time and then doing the, the Damian Lillard wave. Again, two enemies of the state to Thunder Nation, but which, which, who were you on, which side were you on in that little kerfluffle yesterday? I mean, it would probably I, – I, let me look at the standings real quick. I don't think – yeah, at this point, the Thunder, even if uh, the Clippers had lost that game, I don't know if they would have been able to catch him. It would have had to have been a win out, Clippers lose out situation. So uh, it's not like fighting for a seed there. Um, I I don't hate the Clippers. I don't hate Paul George. I kind of try to forget about him until we have to play the Clippers and I realize how good he is, uh, that kind of thing. But Pat, so, Bever- Pat Beverly and Damian Lillard, and, and those, those, two, those are the two okay. guys I'm talking about. Who, who, whose corner are you going to be in in this situation? Oh, well, in that situation, I thought it was hilarious. I saw Pat <laughs> okay. Bev do it, and I was cracking up. Like, uh, because to me, the, 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 the sprinkles on top of the ice cream sundae, the situation was he wasn't even playing. He's in street clothes. Right. And he steps out onto the court post-game, and it's obvious. He, d- he does right. exaggerated. He waves his hand. And uh, somebody, the tweet said, Pat Bev is a troll. And I hadn't, you know, no, and I'm just thinking, okay, yeah, that's a true statement. Let's see what he did this time. I click the video and I see what he does and I lose it because obviously I, I remember the night very well. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and to me, whenever, here's the thing, Damian Lillard says, he has said multiple times, he's not a trash talker. He just, he responds to trash mm-hmm. talk, which that still makes you a trash talker. So he, he does that. Uh, and, and to me, it's just, Whenever you do those kinds of things, you set yourself up for it in return. And to me personally, that's why, I went, you know, I'm, I'm very competitive. I don't like to do a lot of trash talk just because I know eventually that can come back to bite right. me. And it's one of those pride comes before the fall situations. So uh, Dame was asking – it was going to happen eventually. It's just like them being out of playoff contention. Uh, they did that. And then since then, things haven't gone so well for them. Mm-hmm. So, it, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I loved it, honestly, from Patrick Beverly. Eat it up. Do it when you can. 
right? Right, for sure. Well, and, and hopefully it doesn't come back to, to haunt him and, right. and more importantly, my, my Clippers um, who are playing uh, said Brooklyn Nets later on this evening. Hey, right. that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, we're thankful that you uh, tuned in to the Thunder Nation podcast. Uh, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts. Help me out here, Zach. Spotify, tune in. I'm and missing YouTube. one. YouTube. Thank you. Uh, so we'd love to hear your thoughts. Of, uh, you know, give us some comments. You can go to heartland-sports.com, and we have a whole page dedicated to this show. And you can tell us where you agree, disagree. If you're a Thunder fan and you've got some bitterness still about Patrick Beverly, even though Russell Westbrook's gone, or you got bitterness over Damian Lillard from last April, uh, I guess April of last year, Hit us up and let us know what side you're on. Give us some thoughts uh, on tomorrow's game against Phoenix. Zach will have pre-game, post-game stuff up. You and Craig do a great job with the Thunder Guys. You can follow them at the Thunder Guys on Twitter, right? Did I hit that right? That's right. All right, at the Thunder Guys on Twitter. You can also get us at Sports Heartland. Or Heartland, yeah, at Sports Heartland uh, on Twitter. And, again, if you're following us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, uh, well, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, same thing these days. Um, give us a subscription and uh, and give us a rating. We would greatly appreciate that. Any final thoughts, Zach? Nah, man. Thunder up. All right, man. We'll see you guys. We'll be back tomorrow to talk post-game Oklahoma City, Phoenix. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.